Quiet on the set. Action. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our second episode live here at the Prior Affair Art and Craft Show in the Blackstack Brewing Building. We are very excited to be here. Uh, we are Hot Chocolate Media, and this is our Movie Machine podcast, where we make up a movie very fast based on a random prompt from the internet. We are joined by three of the Hollywood elite. We have Brian Tawara, who is our writer today. He is Dan Harmon's beard groomer. We have Aaron Kennedy, our director, who is Oprah's sweater consultant. And we have Firsters, our producer, who is M. Night Shyamalan's tarot reader. <laughs> Welcome, folks. So, your prompt for today. The theme of this story, surreal drama. The main character, a persuasive merchant. The start of the story, smuggling. And the end of the story, keepsake. Whenever so, you're ready. All right. Hold on. Let me think if you be magic story generator in the head of the theater of the imagination in the mind's eye. Wow, that's a really tough one here, isn't it, gang? Something surreal. So are we talking like Dali level surreal? Are we talking? You tell me. Anything you want. Well, then we shall simply have the persuasive merchant of cat fur, and he needs to be smuggling rare imported Egyptian um, cat fur all the way from Morocco to Santa Barbara, where they don't like Egyptian cat fur that's smuggled from Morocco, all in order to recover his aunt's favorite pendant, which is stolen by a scallion and is now spotted in an obscure antique store that only takes cotton candy for payment. And that's my pitch! All right, do we have, do we have okay. names for these characters? Count Pointer Count. Count Pointer Count? Count, Count that's Pointer the, That's Count. the bad guy or that's the, our protagonist? That's our protagonist. Okay, oh. what's the bad guy's name? And our, and our bad guy's name shall be Ronald J. Dump. Ronald J. Dump, okay. That might be a little close. <laughs> <laughs> but his name is so flexible on the name here. So. Sure. Maybe Ronnie. Let's call him Ronnie. We'll call him Ronnie. All right. Yeah, and Ronnie. then one last thing I need from you is a title before I can send this off to our studio. Cats out of a bag. Cats, Cats out, out of the out bag. bag. All right. So, Aaron, you have a, a draft from Brian here called Cats out of the Bag. What do you think? Is this something we can make it to a movie? And what's your, what's your take on it? Here's the first thing that I think. I think I'm going to need a new brace for my wrist because my carpal tunnel's flaring up from all of the writing I've had to do on the script. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I like the, the premise. I think it's good. PETA is going to be all up in our rears, though, for, <laughs> for what, what, we're, what we're saying. Cat fur? Cat fur? No, 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 no. We can't do cat fur. Instead, what I think uh, we should do 
the actual jewels. They're, they're the jewels from the, the king of Morocco himself. Now, the, the protagonist, the merchant, is also the assistant of the king. And the king wants to get rid of all of his jewels. And so our protagonist is going to bring them to Santa Monica, where people prefer spoils and riches over living uh, the life of the layman. So the protagonist, I, I'm seeing Bradley Cooper. Uh, I believe that he is the perfect protagonist for this role. The king uh, is going to be played by Jeremy Irons. And uh, there's also, we're missing something. There, there is the, the antagonist, the villain in this. I'm going to go ahead and scratch the name completely. He is actually going to be the king himself. <gasps> The king turns out to be the villain all along, but he, he's kind of playing Bradley Cooper for a fool. Mm. Uh, in, in bringing the jewels over to Santa Monica, of course there's going to be a love interest. And now the love interest is going to be played by Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett is the, the humble merchant in Santa Monica who is accepting these jewels that she then will be selling. I think that with these changes, it, it will be, it, it's a more pitchable movie. Hmm. All right, anything else you want to add? Yes, the, the name. I'm, I'm not sure about the title. I think it should be For Love and Rubies. All right, so a more serious name here. You've got the draft of For Love and Rubies from your your writer and director here. It's it's a, a piece, kind of a, a, a moody heist sort of thing, or a you know semi crime involvement. Just a little bit of you know odd and surreal elements thrown in. You've got some A listers attached. What do you think? Where's this going? I mean, I think this is great, first of all, and I just want to say that I want the premiere date to be in October because, honestly, I want this. This studio has been hurting for an Oscar movie for a long time. So right away, I can tell you right now, the, the cast list, perfect. Angela Bassett, Jeremy Irons, the studio eats Bradley Cooper. The, they love Bradley Cooper. American Sniper, a bunch of those other movies he's been in, he's Oscar bait. It's going to be great. Uh, I do have a problem with the title. I do, what was the, what, what, what did we go from? Cats Out of the Bag and For Love and Rubies? Correct. Now nah, we got to come up with something a little bit more obscure. I want a more uh, Memories Lover. That's what I want. I want that for the name. It's a, it's a little something doesn't give you anything really about the movie at all. But uh, it gets people in. Memories Lover. It's going to sound good when it's announced when it wins Best Picture. You know what I'm saying? Best Picture, Memories Lover, starring Bradley Cooper. It sounds great. I don't think we really need a tangible antagonist making the king of Morocco be the bad guy. I mean, come on. That's, that's, that's uh, what, a, what an easy out. Yeah, let's make the king an evil guy, especially if he's in, from some foreign country. No, I think for this to be a real Oscar winning movie. I think that the, the villain needs to be the internal racism that Bradley Cooper is battling. I think this whole thing, he, he does this as one last job f to steal from people that he's hated his whole life. But over the course of the movie, mm. he learns that love is the true... Love and acceptance and tolerance is the true uh, get, really, from any heist that we undertake. So, Memories Lover for the title. Bradley Cooper is a racist who ends up not being a racist. And, I don't know, can we get Morgan Freeman in this to play his... Morgan Freeman, let's, let's get him to be his old mentor. I think if we can do that, because you know what? Bradley Cooper, Morgan Freeman, people are going to love that. All right, and do we have a budget for this film? 
I mean, we got a bunch of A-listers in here. I was kind of hoping to keep it kind of low-budget, sort of independent film. Sort of everybody has, a, oh, look at this great film that taught us all this great lesson but had no budget. But I think we're probably looking at a budget of... 110 million at this point to make this happen with all the traveling I think we're going to have to do and have you seen Bradley Cooper's uh, contract that guy spends that guy has to change socks every two hours and that's a lot of money to keep up on yeah yeah bet you're going to think twice before hiring him in the future huh yeah all right, so Brian, you've gotten the notes back from your studio. Your script has been taken. It's been altered, adjusted, it's new elements added. You have A-listers attached, and they are going for an Oscar. What do you think? Is this something you can work with, and what are you going to put next in your script? Oh, absolutely. It's like, you know, it's like, well, as we say in Hollywood, it's like, you never say never. It's like, if the cash is there, we do not care. So we are more than happy you know, to take in these incredible, incredible notes. And I think you're absolutely right. This is fabulous fabulous, fabulous idea. However, I think I'm going to tweak it back in to add in that that air of je ne sais quoi, that fabulous air of mystery here where we're going to make it complicated. We're going to make it incredibly fabulous where you know, Jeremy Irons also plays the king's a secret assassin who has his day-to-day cover as the jeweler who makes pet jewelry for people, including the poor of Morocco. So take work with that. All right, anything else you want to add? Oh, there's so many ideas I want to add, but we'll go with that for now. Let's see what... All right, Aaron, you've got notes back from the studio and from Brian. The new draft of the script is there, and you've got some elements about Jeremy Irons playing multiple roles. What do you think? Is, is this something you can work with? And what's what's the style looking like now that you're shooting? Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I, I love that we got all of the the cast that we wished for. I love that there is not... like the, the only villain is the struggle within Bradley Cooper, and I think that that says a lot. It's very... It's very perfect for the time that we're living in right now too i think that we're going to reach a lot of people who are going to interpret it in whichever way they wish to interpret it some might find a struggle within themselves just by watching this this is going to be the black diamond that black diamond wasn't blood diamond that blood diamond wasn't that's the one that i meant and you know i think that Jeremy Irons, I mean, he's just, he, he falls into his roles so beautifully as it is that, you know, he's probably going to, to bring like a villainous quality to it, but we're going to find out that it's not, it's not him that is the villain himself. He's living the life that he always knew to live, and Bradley Cooper is caught between the, the wisdom that Angela Bassett and Morgan Freeman, who I believe is the father of Angela Bassett in this film, uh, the things that they bring to Bradley Cooper's uh, internal monologue, it's really going to give him a lot to think about. If he does not get an Oscar nod for this, I quit. All right, anything else you want to add? No, I love where it's going. The only thing that I would do is I believe that while Morgan Freeman is like a mentor figure to Bradley Cooper, I think it's upon the meeting of the father of the person that he has fallen in love with. So Morgan Freeman will be playing that father role instead. All right, so Fur, you've got your your crew on board with your ideas. They've kept your title. They're working hard. It's getting more surreal as it goes on. What do you think? Is this what you're imagining? How do you go from here? How do you market this guy? Well, I tell you what. 
along with like the immediate the immediate successes, the Oscars we're gonna get, the money that this movie's gonna make, uh, because it's gonna make some money. I'm cor- so I'm sort of a long game, a long con kind of guy, if you will. I tell you what, Wes Anderson owes me a favor. So he, what he's going to do, he's been working with this guy, Randall Poster, for years to do the music for his movies. We want to keep things light. Like, this could easily be a real heavy movie, but we want to make it surreal and quirky and a lot of really, like, great scenes where it's Bradley Cooper staring at himself, really. A lot of emotional moments, but we need a good quirky soundtrack. So that Randall Poster guy, he's been doing Wes Anderson's movies for years. Wes owes me a favor. I call him W-Train. Uh, more specifically, W-10 to Yuma. It's a long story. We'll get into this later. Uh, but me and W-10 to Yuma, we've been, he owes me this favor for this thing I did. So he's going to send me Randall Poster to do the music for this, for this movie, and it's going to be great. People are going to love the soundtrack. It's going to be in the lexicon for years of great movie soundtracks. Uh, for the, the marketing of this movie, I think we send out fake jewels to every single Academy voter with little, like, uh, for your consideration, uh, mumbo-jumbo things. But all it's going to be is going to be a jewel with a mirror on it, and it's going to say, the real treasure is inside you. Yep. People are going to eat that up. So that's kind of what the marketing is going to be, is this, this treasure that we all search for is really within ourselves all along. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Anything else you want to add before you send this over to the, the movie machine? Yeah, I tell you what. Could we, like, by any chance get Steve Buscemi in this? Maybe to, like, play, like, uh, a bartender or something. I think I think that would be great. Just uh, uh, the director's going, no, no, no. But, no, Steve Buscemi, I think it'd be great to be just a bartender, maybe, in a bar in Morocco to be like, hey, what are you doing? And that way people can be like, oh, that's a nice cameo. People love cameos, and people love Steve Buscemi. All right, so I'm going to plug everything into the movie machine here, and uh, we're going to see how it goes out. By the way, if you can't see the movie machine, you're not trying hard enough. It's right here. I'm going to pull the lever, which sounds like a cat and a mirror shattering at the same time. <laughs> so the results come back in. Early predictions definitely have this as you know, just taking the Oscars. Yes, it does yeah. does okay in theaters, but um, ultimately that's what people are you know expecting to really drive that. However, right before the Oscars, Alejandro Inarritu reveals that he's been working on a movie in secret with Leo DiCaprio oh. about a man who's estranged from his beloved dog. And it just shows up and destroys the Oscars. It takes everything. No. Everybody else who's in the same boat as you gets, gets taken as well. So the Oscars just kind of end up being a one-trek pony for that, uh, that particular year. You guys kind of get snubbed. You eventually make your money back on like cable reruns and things like that of the movie and DVD sales, but unfortunately, it doesn't sweep it the way that you're expecting it to. So that said, the movie machine is magic. You have some time travel powers you can use to go back, make any final last-minute changes, or call it art and say, hey, we tried. That's perfectly fine, too. So beginning with our writer, I'm going to give you an extra couple minutes here. And uh, go ahead. Let me know if there's anything else you want to change. No, Morgan Freeman thinks he was a cat all along. That was the real secret to it all. And that's the real treasure. That's what people really were going to latch on to. And it's like, and Angela Bassett is also going to run a beer train then. And that beer train is going to travel um, across country, drinking beer to thirsty people everywhere. And the sponsorship from dollars alone should help us recoup any cost we lose on it. All right. Anything else you want to add? Nothing yet. Go. All right, all right. So Aaron... 
you, yeah. you've got more surreal things added into your script. What do you think about this turn of events? Anything else you're going to change? I definitely, I, I worked out a contract with PETA uh, where we can feature as many chinchillas as we possibly can. They're adorable. They're soft. People love them. I mean, dogs, that's so pedestrian at this point. When was the last time that you saw an Oscar-worthy film riddled with chinchillas? <laughs> uh, I think that that's something that we will have that nobody else does. Also, um, I'm going to cast the kooky best friend as Leonardo DiCaprio, and by doing so, he is going to be double-featured Oscar nod. So either way, we're probably going to walk away with something. Checkmate. I mean, if, if chinchillas and the casting of Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't help us, then I don't know what would. All right, so Fur, you've got some interesting changes from your crew here. What, what do you think? Is this going to market better? How are you going to respond to these changes? Well, the way I'm going to respond to this is I'm going to kind of grab this by the wheel and I'm going to take the reins, as it were. I like adding Leo DiCaprio as like the kooky sidekick. I think that's going to be great. I think, I think it's going to bring out a level we've seen in him. But knowing what we know now, knowing that we're going up against a movie with a dog involved in it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut that one off at the pass right now and give Bradley Cooper a dog sidekick that has been with him for most of his life. It's going to be a corgi. People love corgis these days. And... Stay with me on this. He can hear the dog talk. The dog talks to him and only to him. Give it that like little quirky surrealism. Voiced by Bobby Moynihan. Perfect. Oh, that's All right. People, people love that guy. They loved him on Saturday Night Live. Oh, look at me. I'm your drunk uncle. I'm Bobby Moynihan. Like that's, that's the thing that he did. And people ate that up. They loved it. So we give Bradley Cooper the talking dog sidekick. Soundtracked by the Wes Anderson. I already forgot the guy's name. Randall Poster. Uh, that guy. Uh, and you give Bradley Cooper a quirky talking dog sidekick. But not like so weird and out there. But just like, hey, what do I do now? Uh, crutches. That's what he's going to call his dog. Crutches. What do I do in this situation? And then you hear Bobby Moynihan say, hey, I'm a dog. I'm just going to scratch myself right now. But if I was you, I would take out the guard and then go in the back way. That's, what, that's the kind of stuff you're going to get from the Bobby Moynihan uh, corgi named Crutches. Really drives home the point that we're here to, to go all in on the Oscars this year. All right. So with all that information in hand, I'm going to plug this back into the movie machine and see what it says. And I'm going to pull the lever, which... Sounds like a whole jumble of really weird sound effects mishmashed together very quickly in sequence. <laughs> so you guys definitely do better. You you take yes, a couple of, yes, of the uh, yes. <laughs> you take a couple of the uh, the Oscars that originally went to uh, Inaritu's picture, which is great. Uh, Inaritu just makes the movie with Michael Keaton instead. So <laughs> he still he still uh. takes a few of those Oscars away. But fortunately enough, you're able to get what you need. You make your money back just barely. You guys all get to work again. So congratulations, you guys have made a successful movie. Memories hey. lover. There you have it, folks. And as always, we will end our show with an out-of-context quote of wisdom from our patron saint, Guy Fieri. I've made some satchels before, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> Thanks for coming, everybody. We've been Hot Chocolate Media's And uh, if you guys would like to hype anything or mention anything that you guys are doing, please go for it. 
Sure. Yeah, two it. things. Um, uh, Masquerade at Mystery Lodge premieres in Trago, Wisconsin on October 28th. Uh, that's a Fearless Comedy Productions uh, murder mystery play uh, that I helped write that's coming up. I think there are still tickets available. Uh, you'd have to make the trip to Trago, but it's probably going to be worth it, I've been told. Uh, also, I am in a uh, production of Wait Until Dark in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, the first two weekends in November at the Grand Theater, put on by the Chippewa Valley Theater Guild. Uh, go and check that out. And as always, uh, donate to your local LGBT resource center. Thank you. I am in uh, two shows over at Huge Theater right now uh, for improv. There's uh, Nimblicity, which is basically uh, office prov. Uh, it's like you're at work, except we're funny. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I'm in Attenborough, the improvised wildlife documentary, uh, where we <laughs> improvise one of David Attenborough's wildlife documentaries right before your eyes playing all of the animal roles and we have our very own David Attenborough as well. Um, also on uh, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays uh, Comedy Sports has their matches at 8 o'clock. On Friday nights at 10.30 we're doing Slasher, the improvised 80s uh, horror film and at 10.30 on Saturdays we're doing the NC-17 show which is a little, a little dirty, a lot of funny, recommended for 18 plus, but it's all short form improv games. And the Science Fiction Poetry Association will be celebrating 40 years in you know, 2018, so please keep an eye out for all of our work and our readings that we'll be doing all around Minnesota. Plus, we also have me coming in as the guest of honor for Diversicon 26 in July of that same year. So come join me, Charlie Jane Anders, and many other incredible um, guests and entertainers throughout the weekend, and we'll see you there. Thank you so much. Go check out some art. Thank you. Yay.